Hey everyone, welcome to This Must Be Pop. In this episode, we talk to Madam Daly, a singer, songwriter, and performer with the New York-based Madam Daly and the Star Child Band. Not only is Madam Daly a proud fangirl, but is also the creator of our new theme song, Teenage Girls Made Rock and Roll. And we were lucky enough to sit down and chat with her about the creation of the song. Lizzie, thoughts on the episode? Thoughts on our conversation with Madison, aka Madam Daly? She was incredible. I love talking to her. So much of what she said just like resonates with who we are as a podcast. And it was a pleasure to talk to her. It was awesome. We talked Jonas Brothers, One Direction, and some older boy bands that were influences to her, such as the Rolling Stones. Really interesting conversation. We're so, so excited to have her song as our new theme song. And we're so excited to premiere it during this episode. And then afterwards, you're going to hear a conversation with us and Madam Daly. So here is Teenage Girls Made Rock and Roll. I'm not sure if you've heard our podcast before. I know you obviously follow us and we've been chatting a little bit, but we are a podcast that tries to legitimize the music of boy bands. And we've had a few musicians on the show already. So it's kind of cool to hear their perspective on what music inspired them, how boy bands inspired them specifically. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about what kind of music that you perform, how long you've been doing it, all those things. Awesome. Yeah, I did uh, listen to some episodes once we got connected. Awesome. Um, And I had many a boy band phase, so I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. I perform under a stage persona called Madam Daly. She's sort of this like glam rock, larger than life goddess. It's what we like to say about her. It's kind of inspired by Ziggy Stardust. There's some drag elements, theatrical elements. And I'm a songwriter, but I feel where my strong suit is, is those live performances. And so that's sort of where that alter ego sort of came from. And so I have been performing in New York City for the last five years or so. I recently started my band, the Star Child Band, who performs with me, which is an all-female LGBTQ plus group. We perform around all the time. We do cover band stuff. We also perform my original music. I released an EP last August called Classic. It's been really exciting this past year with the addition of my band, the Star Child Band, has been incredible. And people have started to recognize us in the local scene of like, oh, that's the girl band. It's interesting to sort of experience that that label in a way, because as as I know you've talked about in the past of like gearing yourself, the marketing towards a younger teenage audience is how people tend to describe a boy band or a girl band. And so like us getting labeled as that is sort of that interesting colloquialism and that sexism that maybe like starts to creep in a little bit. But yeah, that's that's me. What artists have inspired you in your music? I am glam rock. So obviously David Bowie is like the biggest one. Also T-Rex, Mark Bolin, the New York Dolls, they're glam, but maybe a little more punk. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet, 
hello, all of those things. And then just sort of classic rock in general, being Rolling Stones fan, you know, Prince and the Beatles and Janis Joplin and Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac, any of those sort of iconic rock musicians is definitely what has inspired me and my songwriting. I love it. I love it. So what boy bands did you like? Tell us about your kind of music journey. Were boy bands anything that you were interested in when you were young? Totally. So my first concert was in sync. Love it. Uh, yes, I was four years old. And my mom, it's interesting because I think my mom plays such a large role in my music journey. That's something that we've always bonded over. And she was obsessed with Duran Duran. Like to her, that was her boy band, you know? Oh, because Duran Duran was definitely a boy band. (laughs) 1000%. And so like she would sneak into, she lived in New Jersey and she would take the train in to the city on a school day and like wait in line for tickets, all that kind of stuff. So even at a young age, at four years old, she, I feel like she saw, she knew that was valuable and those experiences are meaningful. And so she brought me and my older sister to an instant concert. And I was literally four. I still think I remember it. Maybe it's just my memory <laughs> wanting to remember it. And then going from there, we had the Jonas Brothers, of course. Of course. Love it. Um, yeah. And so that was definitely, that was my older sister and my younger sister, all three of us. We love the Jonas Brothers. I'm 25. So that's, we're getting more into like my middle school era went to tons of the tours for the Jonas Brothers and then I would say my biggest boy band is One Direction 100% yes (laughs) One Direction they were I was interested in them since the X Factor days I was super big on Tumblr that is like a big part of my boy band journey was Tumblr that was like such a major part of growing up you know that late middle school into early high school for me I mean, honestly, extended until, you know, when they went on their permanent hiatus. I was a hairy girl, still am a hairy girl. Okay, look at you. Yes. One Direction was such a big thing for me. Like I said, it was so big on Tumblr. And then I made so many friends that way. I remember- Of course. One of my friends made me these custom toms, which of course, the red toms. (laughs) and she painted the One Direction logo on it and I wore them to school one day like freshman homeroom and my friend Callie who I didn't know at the time was like oh my god you like One Direction and then we became friends through that and there's just so many little moments like that my younger sister Brooke One Direction as you said is such a big part of our relationship and something that we bonded over I'm two years older than her so like we would be driving to high school together and like just be blasting up all night and things like that But she's actually, as she's gotten older, she's gotten to like the K-pop scene and she has like this group of just lovely, lovely women that all, they're all into the same K-pop groups. And like, sometimes I like sort of miss that community and I'm like, damn, like (laughs) she still has that in some way. That's really cool. Yeah. I was just reading an article the other day about the BTS army of older quote unquote women, (laughs) aka women in their 20s and 30s. (laughs) (laughs) And how they've kind of formed this community because they're not the typical marketed demographic of BTS. They're older, but they still enjoy them. 
So yeah, One Direction is definitely the biggest thing. And then I think that as I started to expand my own musical taste, that's when I started to get into, you know, the older boy bands of the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. And the Stones are interesting too, because I sort of discovered them on my own. And then my, I found out like my aunt, like that is her number one artist. And like, so that's something that we've bonded over. And throughout my life, I've been supported by the other women in my life of my love of boy bands and live music and things like that. I love it. And I love how your story is so similar to so many other people who connect over a shared love of a band. So Mm -hmm. I I love hearing that. And especially as a musician. I was thinking the same thing. Like I was thinking the exact same thing of just especially like you mentioned your sisters. I feel like they're two very distinct paths with boy bands and siblings. They're either like, oh my God, I can't believe you're listening to this. Or they're like, let's make this our personality together. (laughs) I love seeing the stories of sisters who love different bands together. And for me and my sister, One Direction is such a big thing for the two of us. We have been to like so many of their concerts. It's just such a bonding thing for us. When I think of One Direction, I also inherently think of my relationship with my sister and like I think and I have friends when I think of One Direction I think of them it's such a fun bonding moment and then it becomes so much bigger than it was I can talk all day I mean literally me too it's funny because that is so formative when you're younger and then like now at 25 years old we'll be out at a bar and I'm like meeting this girl for the first time and then somehow One Direction pops up and it's like, wait, were you a Directioner? And then you like have something to talk about for literally two hours, you know? Yes. (laughs) And it's just, that's just so valuable. And the fact that there's like all this stigma around it, you just don't get it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. We talk a lot about how this is broadly, but like men can go to sporting events. If you spotted a fellow fan across a bar or a crowded room, no one would think twice about you talking about stats or players or outcomes or anything but when especially young women are talking about a boy band and they're like oh my gosh you like them too it's the same exact thing but it's looked down upon and it makes me so sad because it just brings so much joy and it's such a fun bonding thing and you're like oh that was so fun I'm so glad we got to talk about that exactly it's a community it really is and and I think those those bonds are something that will last forever. I mean, you know, I'm sure your aunt made so many friends when she was going to Rolling Stones shows back in the 60s and 70s. So mm-hmm. and she looks at those days very fondly. And lucky for her is that band is still together, <laughs> still touring to this day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see them and I FaceTimed her and then she went separately and FaceTimed me, which is like a very oh. sweet moment. That's actually this idea of like generation sort of bonding over this experience is actually part of what draws me to glam rock. Even just like if you analyze it from a music standpoint, there is this call back to like Motown and this like Mm -hmm. nostalgia for for more like simple youthful times. And then you bring in this like grungy rock and that's sort of like they just mesh the two and that becomes glam rock. And I think that my love of music and sort of this idea of passing down the torch of music, that's what draws me to glam rock as well. And like just talking about my aunt with the stones, she gave me all of her vinyl. So I have all like almost the entire discography of the Rolling Stones. And I actually have which I'll send you a picture afterwards. I have a vinyl that is a picture vinyl of a interview of the Stones that was like a fan club exclusive in like the late 60s. 
That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? That's mind blowing, (laughs) you know? Yeah. One, one thing that I, I can see a huge kind of parallel here between glam rock, disco music, and boy band music, because these are music types that are loved by women and LGBTQ folk. And all of those music styles have been looked down upon by music journalists and society. And that's why we're here. That's why we have a podcast. We want to reframe all this. (laughs) I also feel like they're songs that you don't sing quietly. They're songs that you sing with your whole heart. Like 100%. they're they're big they're loud they're passionate and fiery and I don't know it just feels really big and proud and beautiful to me what was your first cd you talked about your first concert what was your first cd it depends on how you describe your first cd like if it's the first thing you bought yourself it would actually be an Ed Sheeran vinyl like for plus that's cool. Um, which is also like a kind of an offshoot of One Direction, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the only reason I know I knew of definitely. Him. Yeah. Um, Ed Sheeran but- is the the equivalent to like Max Martin and Backstreet Boys, right? Yes, one hundred percent. And he actually Ed Sheeran, although I don't listen to him as much nowadays, he was a gigantic reason of why I wanted to learn guitar, and I started teaching myself via YouTube and. I like had a loop pedal and that was really like a big starting point of explore songwriting and composition and performing original music and things like that. Like one of the first times I ever performed an original song was with a loop pedal, like at my high school talent show. That's really cool. I remember seeing Ed live for the first time and just being like so amazed at what he could do with just himself and his guitar and his loop pedal. You know, he would remix himself on the spot, just like really build these songs. And I was like, oh my God, I don't ever want to go back to just listening to the album. I always want to listen to him live forever and ever. So we talked about your favorite boy bands. Do you have any favorite boy band members? Any that stick out to you that you're just like, wow, they are amazing. Like I said, Harry Styles, 100%, still a big Harry fan. I think that he has kind of redefined pop rock in this current Mm -hmm. era. And I know that there's probably some people that would disagree. And there's people that feel like certain groups give Harry too much credit and all this kind of stuff. Because I was looking through the Billboard Top 100s the other day. And like, Mm -hmm. there is not that much rock on that on the top 100s anymore that's not really what's being played and like the closest thing that you would get to a lot of that rock music is harry and he obviously Mm -hmm. is on there multiple times but he his style his performance style the way that he does also call back to those you know 60s 70s 80s artists that is something that i apply in my own music and yeah i mean he was my favorite then and he is my favorite now (laughs) This awesome. will sound so dramatic, but I feel so grateful to live at the same time as Harry Styles. <laughs> I get it. Like, we're literally watching, like, we know that we're watching music history as it's happening. Yes. Absolutely. I remember watching his Coachella set and literally thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to be talking about this in 40, 50 years. And I can't believe I got, well, I didn't get to see it live because I wasn't at Coachella, but I got to see it on YouTube, which is the next best thing. Totally. Did you see him at Madison Square Garden? 
Because we did. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. What night? I So I saw him. I've seen him at MSG multiple times. I saw him on his first tour. What would that have been? 2017, 2018? 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2018, yeah. I think. And then I saw him again for Harry Ween. <gasps> you um, got yeah. Harry Ween. Yes. I went <laughs> on the second night. So he's dressed up as a the clown. Oh, I love um it. yeah i did get to hear him sing toxic so that was a wonderful experience <laughs> um Iconic. and yes yes and then i saw him twice during the msg run nice yeah nice. we were there night eight right lizzie i think so i just remembered the date because it was my birthday <laughs> oh yeah that's right oh fun where are you guys located we're in boston Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that you recorded your EP in Boston too at Plaid Dog. Yeah. So are you guys familiar with Plaid Dog at all? I am a little bit. Lizzie, probably not. No. So Plaid Dog is a really interesting studio because you can just like go and record there and rent it out like a normal studio, but they have a business model where they sort of approach smaller artists that are super DIY and they ask if they want to like crowdfund with them. What happens is that you go in and record a single and then you use that single to sort of market your campaign. And so then once you hit your goal, you go in and you record your EP or additional songs and things like that. And that was prior to me having a band. And so they approached me and it was just kind of perfect. And I had such a good experience with them. And Mike Davidson, who is the producer of the classic EP, and he's the reason why it sounds so amazing. I just had such a great time. I had never been to Boston before. So that was my first trip there. I would like to go back when I'm not inside a studio for <laughs> 12 hours a day. But <laughs> well, if you ever um, are back in Boston, let us know. Yes, well, definitely. We'll have to brunch. Yes, that sounds great. <laughs> so you talked about your band. You mentioned your band. Tell us about them. How long have you been with them? Did you meet during the recording process? Yeah, so I actually, I did use Studio Musicians for the EP. That was like a big reason for kind of going through with that campaign is that I just didn't have that band yet, but I was so desperate to like get Madam Daly off the ground. And I was like the music first and then I'll find the musicians to play it live, you know? Yeah. So I was living in New York and I told one of my friends, Ruba, um, high school theater friend who moved up here that I was looking for musicians. And so she was still actually in, in music school. So she connected me with my now lead guitarist, Susie. And Susie, who's a phenomenal guitarist, by the way, she's like in a million bands because um, she's just great and everybody wants to play with her. Um, <laughs> she, she knew this girl, Jasmine, who now plays bass. And they had never, they had gone to high school together, but they had never been like super close friends, sort of acquaintances or whatever. So she reached out to Jasmine and Jasmine had actually never played bass. She's like, I'll learn it. And so she started learning to play bass just to play with the Star Child band. So she's only been playing for like a little over a year and like, she's just killer. Like, it's just mind boggling to me. And then from there, it was three women. We're like, okay, well, we have to make this all women. Like, there's just like, no way this can go any other direction. And part of that 
conversation was because me and Susie had spent time around male musicians and like getting to just play the three of us like we just felt so comfortable and like there was no fear of judgment and things like that and like even Jasmine shared she's like I'm still intimidating because I'd never played this before, but I feel way more comfortable and I know that I'd feel like anxious and like being judged if I was playing with any group of men. And so from there, I found Lexi actually through Instagram, who is our drummer. And I, I slid in the DMs. I was creepy. <laughs> I was looking through the hashtags and I found her and she was actually had been in a pop punk band. She's like this little tiny thing and she plays drums. Like we call her a <laughs> chihuahua. That's love the it. energy that she brings. Um, but she was in a pop punk band with like 40 year olds. And she's like, yes, <laughs> I want to play with women that are my age, please. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so we brought uh, Lexi on and we played a few gigs and we're like, we, we were playing the cover gigs and then it came time to finally play like for my EP release and there's keys on it. So we actually have Lexi's best friend from childhood, Leah who plays keys and she does backup vocals and she's just like musically minded. And so she's been a great addition. So that is the long story. The short story I tell people when people ask on the fly is that I have two high school friends, two high school friends, and then me in the middle that was like, do you want to play together, please? And thank you. (laughs) Um, So that's sort of, (laughs) that's sort of how it came to be. And uh, yeah, we just have been having a great time playing around all together and yeah, it, it really is like a like sisterhood. I love it. I love that so much. When you were describing that, sisterhood is literally the word that came straight to my mind. Sisterhood with like sparkles around it. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Being in the in the rock scene here in New York, we are one thousand percent the minority as far as like what Crazy. you're gonna see. We we deal with a lot of sexism and little microaggressions here and there. So like to be in it together is really meaningful. And I will say like having a full band was always a dream of mine. And so like I got to achieve that, but not only did I get to achieve that, it's like all women and LGBT. It's just like, oh my God, it's, it's really great. And obviously you guys are called the star child band or they're called the star child band. (laughs) Yeah. Which makes me think, what's your favorite Bowie era? I have to know. Ooh, um, I mean, the madam is inspired by Ziggy Stardust, so I'll I'll have to go Ziggy. I mean, sure. you can't go wrong with Ziggy. <laughs> yeah. And your music is really female empowerment driven too, which is really cool, and it's so evident in your song "Teenage Girls Made Rock and Roll," which is our new theme song. Yay! This Yay! Is so I'm so honored. <laughs> Well, so I have to tell you the story. So it was actually one of our listeners that sent over a video of the song and they were like, you have to have this as your theme song. This is literally your podcast in a song. And I was like, oh yeah, I have to reach out to Madam Daly and see what we can do because it frames our podcast so nicely. So thank you so much for making that song and and I'm so excited to to share it with our listeners too. So tell us about the song. What was the inspiration for the song? Yeah, I mean, first off, I want to say like I am very honored and like that is just so heartwarming that that song does resonate with you and then just like that I we hit 11k listens to it today on Spotify. 
So it's by far like our most popular song. The fact that it's resonating with so many people. And also I look, I've, I look, I'm a nerd. So I'd be looking at the Spotify stats like every day <laughs> and it's mostly women. And so the fact that it's like resonating with young women is just like, that's who it's for, you know? And it, it feels really gratifying when I get comments of like, so true or like, yes, this is for us and all this stuff. Like it, it's, ugh, I'm really glad. But so what it was inspired by, um, uh, just a lot of what we've spoken about, the fact that this experience of loving bands and musicians is so looked down upon because it is young women and their thoughts and opinions not being taken seriously. And I, they're the, you know, the movie Eighth Grade written, directed by Bo Burnham. You, you know, I haven't seen it and I love Bo Burnham too. Uh, but yeah. yeah, tell us how it relates to the song. So he, in one of his, I, I love the film and one of his award acceptance speeches for the movie is that I'm going to butcher it. So I'll just tell you the general sentiment of what he was trying to say is young women, their feelings and thoughts are valid and deserve to be taken just as seriously as anybody else's which is just like very powerful in general but to come from someone like Bo Burnham on that national stage is just so cool and that movie even though there isn't you know any sort of fandom element of that movie it is just like so accurate of what it was to be at middle school as the internet was emerging and so highly recommend (laughs) watching it We've talked about it on this podcast before about we've looked through quotes from Harry Styles. I like to think he just truly gets it. If he doesn't feel this way, then he has an excellent marketing team around him <laughs> that like <laughs> paints a great persona. But like, I genuinely feel like he cares. He's like, yeah, teenage girls, they get it. They they are who we are. That's, yeah. They're why we're here, which reminds me of your song a lot. But yeah, I would you know, say he's he's part of the inspiration for it as well. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, so there's that element of the song and then there's also another element that is sort of taps in historically of groupies and sort of that that thing of direct connection to the musicians where those women are disrespected and are looked down upon despite being quite literally their biggest supporters like they're the ones that are in the audience they're the ones that are buying the tickets buying the t-shirts selling out those shows so that's the other angle and then at the same time just my experience of being a young music fan and my friends and I know this is a heavier topic but like there have been some situations of grooming and things like that And Mm -hmm. so it is sort of this multifaceted of just like what it means to be a woman in music, whether or not you're on the stage or in the audience. All those topics are something that we have never heard in music before. So I I think this is so great that you're shedding a light on all this stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I I love that so many people, especially women, resonate with it. But I hate that we I hate the reason why we resonate with it. I love that it strikes a chord and we feel that kinship with each other, but I hate that we were ever made to feel that we needed something like this, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it is just, it's unfortunately the way of the world, but I think that we are slowly but surely getting more representation in that way. I think to Turning Red, which I know you have mentioned before, like that was such a, that was the inspiration for that merch that I made of fangirling is not a solo sport uh, because I had tweeted it and like a bunch of people responded. I was like, okay, I'm gonna put it on merch. Um, (laughs) And like, that is like such like a positive heartwarming representation of that. And then at the same time, Haim is actually such a big important band to me and like they were the band that I saw and was like I can do that I can be a rock musician because of them like sitting there like I was like second to barricade seeing Danielle Haim just like absolutely shredding her face off a few years ago and like (laughs) it was just it was mind-boggling and they have been such a big experience but they have a song called Man from the Magazine it's from their second album and as you know like their third album is literally called Women in Music Part three it's Mm -hmm. a lot of what they talk about but man from the magazine is inspired by they were in an interview one time and sd their their bassist she makes a lot of like crazy faces while she's playing and it's sort of like a meme but also just part of her performance style and one of the the male interviewer was like oh do you make those faces in bed as well and yeah yes yeah and so they walked out of the room and so that was like their sort of jumping off point for this song and the lyrics are really great so definitely recommend checking it out but it is unfortunate like that is such a I think from the musician side I will say the things that people feel they just can say to you because you just were happened to be the person on stage is just it's just it's just not okay and I know it's it's heavy um and we always want to like focus on those joyful things but it, it happens and again I'm, I'm fortunate to have my band there with me to support me through it you know absolutely absolutely I feel ecstatic that you have this really supportive band behind you too like that's so cool well it's been awesome getting to chat and getting to know you and I'm so excited for you to come back Do you have any projects coming up, any shows that you want to promote, things like that? Yeah. So if you're ever in the New York area, me and the Star Child Band are playing constantly. And so if you ever want to come out for that, we are definitely going to be filming a music video sometime this year for Teenage Girls Made Rock and Roll. Um, Yeah. So I'm really excited for that TBD on one that actually happens, but my goal is before the end of the year, that's going to happen. And yeah, just follow me, social Instagram, TikTok at Madam Daily. Stream their songs on Spotify, follow Madam Daily on all the socials. So yes. And thank you. Thank you so much again for giving us our new theme song. I'm so excited. Thank you for wanting to use it. Oh my God. It's truly like the perfect representation of this podcast and what we believe. And when I listened to it, I was like, this is the perfect song. Like, this is it. That's why I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a promoter with a motor, a caster with some plaster, a butter.
Crosstown is putting your posters up and letting her cut down. 